Hey, I'm Matt. I'm Chad. I'm Tyler. We're Radio Silence. I'm Tom, and this is The Crawl. Hey guys, welcome to The Crawl. Uh, so this week's conversation is an interesting one. Um, I think it was one that was different than any of us were expecting. Tom, tell us a little bit about, about Frank. Well, yeah, Frank and I, were sort of, we're sort of buddies first, but we, um, we started working together at a trailer agency back in the day, maybe five years ago or so. Um, but now we're just like, we live in the same neighborhood, so we just go, go and meet each other for coffee and talk about what's going on. Frank has... Uh, I, he still works on some trailer campaigns, but he's, he sort of migrated himself as a copywriter to working on the print campaigns for movies, so like posters and, um, as, and and also like web ads for like all kinds of killer stuff. We talked a lot in this in this interview about his work on Finding Dory, which is pretty cool actually to hear from um, from the marketing perspective because I feel like when you, especially when you talk about a big movie like that, there can be a lot of artistry for it, but. Uh, there's also a lot of artistry in the marketing because it has to make it stand out from just being like that tentpole thing, you know? Yeah, and it's fascinating that, you know, as, as someone who is writing copyright for these projects, I mean, they're responsible for creating the slogans that oftentimes get seen and heard a lot more than the movie itself oh, does. Oh, yeah. So um, really, really fun interview, and uh, we hope you guys enjoy. Frank, welcome to the podcast. I thought we would start tonight with just you describing a little bit of what exactly a copywriter is for people that might not know. Okay, sure. Um, thanks for having me, guys. Um, I mean, a copywriter, I guess there's a lot of different avenues for copywriters to go down. Uh, myself specifically, um, I work in entertainment marketing. So a lot of my job is writing, you know, selling movies, TV shows. So writing taglines that you'll see on billboards or posters, wherever. Uh, writing scripts that you'll see in, uh, you know, trailers and TV spots. Um, possibly like titling movies, retitling movies, um, or shows and, uh, you know, coming up with like just kind of different avenues of, you know, selling the product writing wise. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And just a little background, Frank and I, uh, used to work together at a trailer agency. That's how we met. Um, Mm -hmm. you were a copywriter there and also a junior producer. Is that how that worked? I was, I had, uh, I had been at BLT for a few years before we met, um, ad agency here in town and um they do a lot of they're like we're pretty big i guess still are pretty big doing you know trailers posters whatnot um and i had gotten to them about seven years ago as a copywriter and around the time we met i had moved into av specifically and was producing trailers and tv spots so there was still a little bit of writing but for that stretch i had kind of been focusing on producing those things and actually liked it less and ultimately went back to copywriting and uh, yeah, man, since I, we split from BLT, I've been freelance the last three years. Yeah, well, we left, didn't we leave like two or three months from each other or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's man, actually BLT took a, took a hit. Oh my God. <laughs> they never bounced back. That's why they keep calling us uh, up, man. Yeah. No, it was funny, actually. Tom leaving was a big catalyst for me leaving. Around the same time, Tom and another editor called it a day. You guys went freelance and we were working like 
the longest hours, you know, it was just, it's like a, it's a good job, but it was super stressful. And I saw these two, Tom and this other guy taken off. And I just like, I wanted to be at the, you know, I wanted to follow the light at the end of the tunnel. So <laughs> I called it too. It was great. It was a good move. I think one of the things that I found really interesting when I was working at BLT and then just cutting other trailers and whatnot and TV spots was, and you mentioned it really quickly in your intro, was this idea that I'd always assume that with movie marketing, you gave somebody a movie, it's done, and then that person makes a trailer or oh, makes a TV heavens spot. No. Heavens right? no. I thought the same exact thing. I thought the same exact thing. But then you get there and yeah, like we have people like you, our first line of defense, who are writing scripts for the trailer or the TV spot, or it's not always a TV spot or a trailer. It's it's there's all kinds of viral marketing nowadays right. and all that. But um, there's a script and and there might be some open holes in it for like, you know, in this spot one liner or something of that nature or comedy bug, but like it's essentially a written story that we then have to follow. And it's a, it's sort of a different skill set than uh, a traditional storytelling, I guess. It's Can you actually, do you, is there an ex- like an example that you could break down for us? Because that does, even hearing you explain that, I'm like, how, but the writing, the writing well, of Well, wait, trailer. real quick then, would you, how, how directly related would that be to the actual, like if the movie was, hey, here's Casablanca, we give you Casablanca. And then the script you write, is it supposed to sell... Casablanca, or is it supposed to sell something? I mean, in a perfect world, we're selling Casablanca, but in reality, we're selling the most marketable aspects right. of Casablanca. So you'd be like, oh, well, we have Humphrey Bogart, that's cool, and people right. like Morocco, so let's sell that. But let's sure. not, people hate war, so well, no, 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 don't mention the war. Well, actually, probably would be the reverse, right? Okay, you're oh, right. War, yeah, Humphrey sexy, was, you know, you know um, action, violence, let's ham up the, you know... Yeah, they want to they wanna play up whatever's marketable, whatever they think people are going to respond to, you know? So it could be a star sell. It could be, you know, the interesting premise. It could be, you know, a million different things. And equally, they shy away from stuff that they think is going to be uh, too heady, maybe, or unfamiliar or unlikable or whatever, you know? Um, so it's got to be boiled down to something very... It's got to like- be boiled down, especially... I mean, it depends, right? Like depends on what you're selling if it's a big blockbuster you know summer temple kind of movie of course it's you're going like what's your low not lowest common denominator but what's like the one thing everyone kind of responds to that's going to get butts in seats you know um and obviously we're talking you know but if it's like an indie or something that you know they're 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 selling to you know they're getting wards out of or it's different you know it can be a little more heady it can be a little more you know involved um, but yeah, when, when putting together these trailers or TV spots, it's really like, I mean, it's crazy as a copywriter. A lot of times my job is just the graphic cards you'll see, you know, the, like what used to be the in a world type right, VO, right. you know, it doesn't re- like that VO doesn't really exist anymore. Um, but when they put these things together, it's nuts. I mean, it's like every line of dialogue is like exacted, you know, and it's, it's serving the movie. I mean, everything you see is like. Whatever someone says, tees into the next thing you see, plays right. into the action. The card it's like bridges these crazy the next guy. Franken, Franken bited. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And I mean, you know, they'll they'll ADR lines a lot. I mean, they'll they'll make stuff up to help sell it. If the line they need, they think that gets it across the clearest or the sexiest or the whateverest, you know, isn't there? Um, yeah. yeah, and that's that's it. So my part in it is really just. Is yeah, writing copy that can help sell it, or coming up with lines that can do that, um, and in, in rare cases, writing VO. You know, where a narrator will still do stuff like that. But 
regardless of whether or not that exists in the movie. Right. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, we, they ideally we always stay within the movie. You know that makes it right. the easiest path to mm-hmm. like, you know, for everyone involved. But yeah, if the movie's missing pieces or they right. think you know we could get someone in who could make a slight tweak, they they go for it. You know. So with that writing process, I mean, I think it's not probably a mystery to anybody that you write something and then all these other people get involved and start working with that material and oftentimes it gets it gets compromised to sort of appeal to the the broadest audience now as a creator as someone who writes who writes that copy do you find that things change a lot from your kind of initial inception of what the concept of you know a piece of marketing material might be to what it actually ultimately ends up being or does the buck kind of stop with sort of your approach to the content? Oh, no, never. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a little cog in the in the big, you know, right. machine. Um, you know, though, I'll say this. The direction I, I usually get from my clients who are ad agencies, sometimes it's studios directly, but mostly I'm a third party who's being hired by an ad agency who's being hired by a studio. Um, usually the direction they lay down is the direction they're heading. Like they've already kind of formulated a plan right. and they, they, they lay it out for me and more times than not, they stick with that plan. Is it going to be as like ambitious or aggressive as they say it is? Usually not, but like having been in this world for a few years, I kind of can see that at the beginning of it and know like, okay, you know, these guys are, you know, trying to be super, you know, provocative or edgy or whatever it is and it's probably going to land somewhere more around like you know uh, or not generic but a relatively like uh typical copy line something you're accustomed to something you're a little more familiar with you know how did did you get into it um i got hired uh at that agency as an entry-level worker and uh i enjoyed writing i had been kind of writing on my own and i knew i quickly found out that a team existed and uh seven years ago their primary job their primary focus was print believe it or not i mean it feels like so long ago now you know it's it like, really oh, does. yeah but it was like taglines and i thought it was so cool i was like man these guys just sit around and they write like the taglines yeah. you see on billboards <laughs> like cool catchy yeah, thing yeah. yeah i'm like it's awesome that's such a sweet gig so once i kind of got my feet wet in the agency i uh, i basically just you know hit them up and the team of writers was really responsive, really cool. And, you know, for the next maybe six-ish months, you know, when I finished my normal gig, I would just write for them. You know, I'd take an assignment home overnight, write for them. And it was kind of like, you know, um, training on the go. And over time, you know, I, I got better at it. I kind of, you know, had a, like a basic understanding of what they wanted, what, you know, our clients were looking for. And, yeah, a senior writer left and they brought me on as a junior. Right. So Do you cool. have like a tagline that you love? Is there like your favorite tagline ever? <laughs> you know, um, I honestly, it's probably some of my best ones are ones that never see the light of day, you know? Um, so I guess, yeah, there's probably a million there, but as far as stuff that has, has actually um, made it, geez, um, probably this year, I got, the, I got a tagline for Finding Dory. And it's, it's pretty basic, but because it was such a big, prominent uh movie that you know it it felt like bigger than all the others 
It's only oh. like one billion global, right? Yeah, so. just that. You know? <laughs> but even think, yeah. think of how popular that movie is, and this is probably one of, in my mind, one what of was the more the interesting. Yeah, what is the tagline? It was uh, she's on an unforgettable adventure that she'll never remember. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Boom. But here's, here's the deal. Yeah. Check it out, and this is what's incredibly interesting, I should say, about movie marketing specifically, because these things are huge. Finding Dory was huge. I mean, a billion or so, yeah. more than a billion, but like, Chad is, has the is exact it, number is of it, billion. Yeah. <laughs> is it billion. two billion when everything's all told? Who knows? I mean, that movie's gigantic. I didn't watch it. I will, I'm sure I will see it at some point. Um, but you say the tagline, I knew that tagline because I saw it. Like, more people see these ads than even see the movies. Sure. Yeah. And that's incredible because we can talk about God knows how many people haven't actually seen Alien by Ridley Scott. But everybody knows that in space, no one can hear you scream. Right. It's so that in, day. By wait, the you way, think people know that tagline that haven't even seen the movie? In space, yeah. It's a, it's I. I mean, it's iconic. Well, so is the movie. Well, yeah, but I mean that tagline. Like I knew that tagline when I was a kid before. All right. Yeah. Because of course, no, you're right. I mean, they parody it in like other movies and stuff. Like it's just, yeah, and that's with big marketing pushes like a Finding Dory or something. That's just it goes everywhere, and you might not remember it per se, but somebody brings it up. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I remember that poster. Yeah, but I remember it that trailer. Yeah. Sure. I still get referenced that line today, plenty. The yeah. alien line. Oh yeah, yeah. it's got to be the most famous ever. Right? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was the most famous because it's also ingenious. It's not just a good tagline. It's not the tagline you would think of for that movie. Right. What's right. the kind of formula that you guys work with when you're brainstorming these things? I mean, obviously those those the alien tagline and the Finding Dory they're obviously dramatically different, but they also kind of play to the same sure. to the same ideas. Like, what's the kind of alchemy or the science behind something like that? I mean, it's really, it's like a sexy logline, right? It's like, how can I boil this movie down into one sentence? But it's, but instead of just like stating the facts, it's like, what's interesting about this? What's, right, you know, like what's provocative? provocative what's, yeah. what's feels like, you know, clever, has wordplay, but is also like, instantly understood by people you know and totally representative <coughs> of, of whatever of whatever the of whatever the project is totally oh yeah and uh how early do you, are you, do you get involved in the process like are you seeing like first cuts second cuts or finished products before well it's, you... it's interesting like it, it can be a year out it can be before a script is even finished sometimes um or it can be you know it depends on i guess what you're working on whether it's print or av as well um but it can also be like you know a month before the movie comes out six weeks you know like i mean they're still cutting tv spots up until the movie is released Mm -hmm. so in theory you know if they if they need to reach out to someone like me you know a lot of these people have writers in house um i tend to be like the you know emergency valve or you know all hands on deck kind of guy um yeah so it's all over the map um and then as far as like seeing cuts i'll always get to see the cut if it's av if it's a tv spot a trailer or whatever with video i always see it but if it's print i mean like dory for example they not only did i not see the cut but i didn't get to read the script they brought me in and i read a a pdf like of a few page synopsis and they're like that's okay i'll go you know, because print it was print wow. taglines. You don't need dialogue. You don't need all you really need at the end of the day is the premise, you know, and like the tone, I guess. Right. For print, you're um, basically just doing taglines. Just that's it. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, that's really it. Every now and then I'll see stuff that I at least, you know, it looks very similar to stuff that I wrote and it shows up on like, you know, social media on like that, you know, movie or TV shows, you know, 
Twitter or whatever. So I don't know if they repurpose these things or not. And at the end of the day, it's fine. I mean, I get paid to write X amount of lines. And then once I hand them over, it's like, it's their property. Well, I can imagine that's changed a lot, right? I mean, movies release in so many other ways now. It's not just theatrical and video. There's Right. And of course, just the marketing of something is now can can be and, and exist in so many other places so it feels like it's it's a good good time to be a co- i mean a yeah, copywriter totally. i mean honestly like they're that i can i can imagine the business has changed a ton for i mean just marketing in general but in spe- like specifically how you target people of a certain age of a certain demographic and what you use what kind of materials you use in those spaces totally i mean now it's a lot more kind of like whole cloth coming up with ideas, coming up with stunts, coming up with, you know, you know, stuff with a digital focus. It's like, how are we going to get attention online? How are we going to get, you know, people to, you know, give us traffic? You know, I still do plenty of print work. I still do plenty of more traditional like trailer scripts, but yeah, um, the ad agencies are certainly changing. And I think a lot of those dollars are kind of have already been for years kind of transitioning over. What do you think is the difference between those materials? Something that we would consider more kind of conventional, like, a, you know, a, a billboard or a trailer and then something digital, just just in, in terms of how you approach a campaign for something in, in those spaces. Well, it's like to me, it's like it's more casual, right? You know, I, I feel like it's like a trailer has come to feel like such a, this is weird to say it's like for a two and a half minute, like. But these like eventized things. Yeah, it's like a big deal, you know, whereas like something you see, you know, I I kept catching like all these like like, meme type advertising for uh, masterminds, the relativity comedy. And it was literally just that like style. You you guys might need to help me out here, but it's like literally it's like just kind of the text. It's like when so-and-so happens and then they're playing clips from the movie. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it just yeah. felt like it's so informal. Like someone just made it on their computer. There right. was no production very involved graphic. at all. Yeah. yeah, like a very like basic graphics, and I had nothing to do it with that. Feels throwaway. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really digest, really like snackable, really easy right. to whatever. But I'm sure some ad agency was tasked with like coming yeah, up with a bunch of these. For, yeah, yeah like really. Like they're homemade. Yeah, I think that's kind of where it's trending now. Um, we did one of those on right when I started. Probably I was still an assistant editor, and I forget if it was with your team or with the other team that I was working for. But uh, it was for a cable TV show where they gave us, they literally gave us like burned in copies of footage for this show, and it starred an A list star. I'm not sure I can really say because it's part of like a false viral marketing campaign. But like I had to cut these clips together, and we had to make the cuts rough, just, say, just of. Like this one character saying the word fuck over and over and over again. Yeah. And it's like, and that, and that was that. And we put it online and they, they put it on like a fake YouTube account to like make it look like some kid from Timbuktu had done this. And then like immediately in the comments, people were like, I bet him, I bet an ad agency did this. This guy has no other videos. And it's like, they just like sort of missed the mark on what they were, like they were trying to do it, but they didn't like cover their tracks, you know? Sure. Sure. But that's the thing. Like, that's a thing now where it's like this almost fake advertising if you will it's not fake it's, it's that whole it's real, real, advertising. Advertising. Like real marketing Ungum- there you yeah go. Marketing. it feels homespun it feels authentic it feels right. like someone who's just genuinely interested in you know insert the black insert you know whatever movie made it you know went out of their way to make right. it because the movie is worth our attention and time you know it's um, this idea to make the first thing that you release feel like it's already viral 
Like sure. it's something that's already been passed along right. a thousand times, even though it's it's first the first time it lands. Like that's just what that's just what totally it is. totally. I saw the teaser for the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy oh, two yeah. the other day. Oh, yeah. It's like wow, they they are cutting teasers for RoboCop was the first advertising one trailers that did that. Where it was like this Thursday or this Friday. You're like, right. Oh, there's a cool. I'll just watch the two minute trailer when it comes out instead of this. <laughs> yeah, but trailers are mm-hmm. trailers are monetized now. I mean, obviously, like yeah. you put them in theaters, but you put them online, and you can make money off that. So, like, they want to get it. You know, you well, you get yeah. money off of yeah. it. Your trailer gets a hundred million hits on YouTube. You just made whatever that money is in ad revenue and in whatever sort of other branding that page might have encountered. I right. mean, great. It's a business. Because yeah. all goes right into Frank's pockets. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> you are writing. Like, is there guild stuff or, like, any kind of residuals or stuff? It's, once you, it's just no. full product. It's, do it. it's basically, yeah, if you get something that lands, you know, you, you throw it in your portfolio and you get right. to kind of tout that. But, you know, the, you can't even really technically claim it. You know, like, I've just claimed Dory. But, you right. know, the reality is I can't even, you know, it's like, oh, no, that was... I wrote some stuff that became property of an agency mm-hmm. that was working for Disney and then yeah. ultimately that saw the light of day, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. But nobody really bothers you. I'm a little fish since we're speaking about Dory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he speaks hey. a tagline. There's that oh, copy. Man. There's that copy. <laughs> I'm just a little fish. <laughs> but yeah, it's true, you know? It's like, yeah, you know, you're writing, yeah, marketing materials and, you know, not to demean what I do at all, but yeah, copywriting. I mean, you're just basically, you know, repurposing kind of like existing material or repackaging, you know, what the what the product is, you know. Well, it's funny because it seems like it's it's such an interesting bookend to like the beginning of a project when the goal is like, all right, what what is this movie? Oh, we're we're telling oh apes live on this planet. So it's like your logline is the simplest thing possible, and then you right. kind of spiral the story out from there, and it becomes a movie. And then at the other end, it gets boiled back down right? to what's the simplest version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, it is. It's like a cool cycle of, I mean, it's a good test to like, one, if you're writing copy lines to see if they're working. But then, yeah, it kind of it comes full circle of, you know, if, yeah. you're, if you're trying to make movies, right. it's a good way to kind of attack it or look at it. You what's know? the most succinct way to communicate an idea to a group of people that yeah. you're interested totally. in it? Yeah. Do you interface at all with like the, the, the creators? Have you ever, or or is it really, you know, you work at the at the agency and things kind of come down through through that funnel? Do you ever have the opportunity to talk to like the the filmmakers and? Never. I don't even talk to the people at the agency anymore. They I work from home. You know, I'm in a little bubble. They just email me. Hey, Frank, this is what we need you to do. Okay, send us your taglines in you know a week. That's it. You know, once I have relationships with these clients, they don't, you know, and there's like trust built, you know, it's about it. I mean, every now and then I'll go in to see a movie or to be at a kickoff or something. But when those happen, the the filmmakers aren't there, you know, Um, the studio execs or the marketing people who work for the studio typically aren't even there, you know. Um, So when you turn in your pages, do you rank? your favorites or do you just give them like here's, here's yeah, like, all my pages I, I do to me there's like kind of a science behind it my very first boss taught me this he's like you never put your favorite one you know right at the top he's like Cause someone with more power than you is gonna see it and they're just you know they wanna like they wanna find the best line so I tend to like sneak them in on like the second and third page and like hope they hit I think it's it's a little top heavy probably with my favorites but yeah um, what do you typically deliver like how many lines would you say is sort of average for 50 wow yeah and then do you, you know, ever just 
put shit in where you're like, oh, I hate this one. I mean, if I'm on a tight <laughs> turnaround, always. I mean, there's just no way, right? Like, Do you have like 20 that you just throw onto any movie? Like, <laughs> <laughs> one crazy adventure. Yeah, it's like, fuck it. <laughs> no, I mean, I always try to have it something that's like ownable to the movie. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, because then it's like, in my mind, it's like, why are these people going to hire me next time if I'm giving them stuff that you could just kind of plug and play for everything, right. you know? Um that said, I mean, I have I've over seven years I've built up like a library of stuff. So if a movie is coming out that's similar to something else, I'll totally use you know past so stuff. Of something, yeah. Yeah, or just kind of to get that jargon down. You know what I mean? Like I know we keep coming back to Dory, it's, but like it's like okay, what's like the ocean language or fish language or puns from you know you know fish type puns? It's like. You can use that stuff for all for, the fish movies. For all there, the many right? movies about fish that they make out there, but it yeah, you know. yeah. But fifty, I would say, is about a typical pass. And in the early process, whether it's with print lines or with trailer copy, I mean, they'll just keep you know knocking on your door for more. You know, so um, at the end of the day, it could it could be you know several hundred written because they because they you know they tend to change direction too and. Oh yeah, that always happens at the at the eleventh hour when one testing doesn't go well. They're like, "Well, we got to just go in another direction, right?" Yeah. yeah, which is, I mean, usually I feel like when I was working with you, um, and I guess that was more in trailers, but uh, it we're, there would always be like the B side ideas. They weren't B sides because they were bad. They were B sides because they were some different direction, and then mm. you essentially had this sort of beginning to that process if and when those changes would happen. Oh yeah, and then I think I think a lot of the, the studio people want to, you know, cover all the angles, right? Yeah. So we're gonna do the right. what makes the most sense is a way to sell this movie. But then in case whoever up the food chain doesn't like it, we're gonna have you know this out of the box idea. We're gonna have you know this more, whatever simplified sell. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they're coming at it from a lot of approaches, especially at the beginning when it's, I would that's obviously you know they're just getting going, so it's the most like broad kind of time when you're marketing it you know there's a lot of options still alive still on the table what's the balance of the work you do you obviously do a ton of tagline stuff but you said you also work on trailers you work on movie movie titles like what talk a little bit more about some of these other sort of other avenues of copywriting in entertainment advertising sure um yeah movie titles uh come around every now and then that they're pretty infrequent uh i would say I, I work on a few of those jobs a year, maybe. Um, also, a lot of what I do is uh, concepting. So, let's say a movie is like just been made, they're in you know post right now or whatever, you know, like still coming together with the marketing. They'll come to me for concepts for like cool trailers that we can like whole cloth shoot or make, um, especially with you know animated movies, you know, because it's something they can just you know whip up a hundred percent custom wise. Um, that is actually the jargon. They just whip up animated films. That's how. That's how they do it, right? <laughs> I think that's how Pixar. It's like they just kind of snap films. your fingers and you know, presto changeo, right? Well, I know that we've. I mean, we've been on the side of trying to figure out movie a title for something. I mean, more times than I can even remember, because it's and you know you, the second you find it and you know it's there, it's always just at arm's reach. And the second you find it, the right thing, you know it's the right thing, but it can also be the most. I mean. Fuck, just the podcast, like coming up with the title of the How podcast many names have we had was like podcast? a was like a three month a three month. As far as entertainment marketing goes, that's that's the 
vast majority of what I do. There's probably stuff, there's probably gaps, probably things I'm missing, but I would say the bulk of my week is spent on, on print lines, on stuff that can be, you know, repurposed for, for social media and, uh, yeah, AV, whether it's a trailer, uh, TV spot. And then just to get really specific with the trailer, with the writing of a trailer, that's you watch, you watch the film, you kind of ingest the obviously the 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 characters the plot the kind of the scope of what it is and then you choose you choose lines you choose sequences that tell that story in a really specific way so you're taking what's written and you're kind of writing a script based on what already exists is that yes so yeah you see the movie you kind of yeah you ingest it you make your own notes about what you think is you know the most marketable or market you know the the most marketable aspects of the movie um, and then I'll, I'll usually sync back up with whatever agency is hiring me and they'll tell me how they see this thing being sold, this product being sold. And you, so you know, watch it without the, without their input first. Most of the time. Yeah. I, I mean, they, I think they prefer that. I've kind of gotten to this place where before they even give me direction, I'll give them my feedback and then it's kind of an exchange. And, you know, at the end of the day, they're they're always right, but I think they like to get as much. They appreciate my input. I think they you know these these guys are people are very creative, so they want you know as many like you know minds on it as possible, um, and whatever they're seeing or the studio seeing ultimately win, wins out. But yeah, a lot of times I'll go in blind, and I think it's it's an unsaid thing, but I think that's kind of the idea, you know. So, but how many how many people generally? I mean, are you working solo on these, or are you working with a team of other copywriters to to put something like this together? I work solo, but some of the clients I have, a lot of the clients I, work I have, alone. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really am. I'm just in like a, a vacuum a lot of the time. But a lot of the producers of these trailers are people who have had experience to some degree of writing copy. So a lot of times, once we kind of you know, go down the rabbit hole and it, we, we're, we're locking in on certain scripts. It becomes a back and forth and they'll tweak the lines and, you know, send them back to me and then I'll, you know, make my adjustments. So it's a collaborative process towards the end, I'd say. But initially I'll deliver a script packet when it's AV uh, scripts and it's just kind of, yeah, I following, you know, specified direction, but kind of just done on my own. Do they give you demo specific like subjects so basically, since you're you're an adult male, do they they won't give you like a movie that's made for, you know, fourteen year old girls, or do you get something like that? Too? As a, oh, because of all the fourteen year old girl copywriters working right. in LA, <laughs> <laughs> they cut into so much of my business. Um, Those girls found a niche. No, I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, yeah, generally, I I'm think I'm not sure I do. What do you think? You know, like as far as a voice goes, I right. Do they they send you specific stuff? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, they try to. It's not necessarily you know, age or sex. A lot of times, it they'll ask, especially when it's a new job or new client. They'll ask like, you know, what kind? What's your specialty? You know, they like kind of boxing you, and they te- they tend to break it down. This is what's your specialty? I know, right? Yeah. Fish animated well, fish, fish movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've already <laughs> been over that. <laughs> no, the thing is, I mean, this is again, this is gonna feel very. Um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, like not comprehensive enough. Um, but they tend to be like, are you, you know, comedy or drama? And obviously, there's a million other subsects, but that's what they kind of want to know. Um, and it can be a pain in the ass, you know, because I probably enjoy writing comedy more, but. It, it's limiting, you know what I mean? Like, you want to be able to do every project. 
Um, and hopefully, you know, as a copywriter or writer, you're at least decent at kind of projecting other voices, you know, right. that, that feel authentic. So if you have to do a really romantic sell or something that's aimed towards, you know, tweens, you know, hopefully you can kind of tap into that a little bit, you know, enough to feel, enough to not feel super ad e and selly. It's a professional ad word. More jargon. Yeah. More yeah. jargon. <laughs> Put a glossary of terms up uh, <laughs> for this podcast. Do you find yourself thinking in taglines? I feel like it's such a specific thing. Like if I, I mean, if, if I was bathroom. like, if I was just, but if I was like sitting, toiling over these ideas, I would find myself just like applying that to every, to every. God, I hope the answer is no, Frank. <laughs> no, no, but I, I love speaking in the, in a world guy voice when I like read through taglines, you know what I mean? They just have so much more gravitas. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Those voices are the best, you know? So I read them. I, I was a guy, actually, Tom and I used to work with an editor uh, who had that kind of, like, bassy voice. And he would always read it, like, in such a highfalutin, oh, yeah. like, serious way. I, I don't know. I've kind of, like, come to... I remember he was an actor before he was a trailer editor, and you can just tell. Was he? Yeah. I can see that now. He went to but school I had no for idea. acting, yeah. No way. Which is why he always, because he also did more than one voice. He did the trailer voice. He had like a Russian yeah. accent he would do for. He had like a gas. He had like a, like a Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. He kind of like yeah. had that way That's about him. That's what he sounded. Yeah, like. yeah. Any tip VO you needed for something, you just call this guy. No, like legit. Yeah. There were like two editors we talked to, and then actually you you read a lot of temp VO for us yeah, too. Yeah, I love doing that. You were the younger that. comedy temp VO guy. I love doing yeah. the temp VO. It was the best. And then he got me to do voices for like cartoon characters. <laughs> That sounds about right. <laughs> I came close in, um, we did this, I guess it was a teaser. It was like a custom teaser piece for the Lego movie. And I remember this. Yes. And I was doing, I think I was doing um, Emmett's voice or one of like Emmett's friends or something, or maybe it was just the VO. I can't remember. But you were a character voice. It was a character voice. Yeah. And... It never went anywhere. It never. I don't think it ever saw the light of day. But they at least liked it on the first round, and I got a taste of like, oh my god, this my voice might be on. Uh, <laughs> this is what I've missed. Some piece <laughs> of advertising. This is amazing. It's all been a means it, to an end. Yeah. yeah. But no. Um, what a gig, though. If you can, if you can be one of those VO guys, oh, yeah. that's a racket. Oh yeah. Well, there's like thirty of them. Yeah. Period. Like, I mean, yeah, you need a very specific voice. Yeah. I remember when we were doing, when we did like the group ADR day for Devils Do, they brought in eight, eight people, six, six, six to eight people who could all do four different voices oh, in yeah. different and languages. And they were all buddies. They all knew each other. They all knew each other. Yeah. And they, a lot of them were actually came from a job and were at their second recording the recording session of the day on our movie so they're most of these guys are booking two things a day oh. and they're just like a lot of it's just walk by stuff where they walk by a mic in a big room and they are just talking to each other and then they add it as you know they put it in the film as as room ambiance but it's like such a such an awesome totally i mean i'm sure i'm sure it's also difficult and like challenging but that right. like, once you get there kush, yeah, Ooh, yeah. Kush. we uh <laughs> we talk a lot about marketing and how We've always wished that the marketing of the project was closer to the making of it, that it actually started earlier in in the process of, of making the film so that those things were more aligned because, you know, oftentimes we find you make something and then it does go to an agency who's, you know, who's answering to a studio and it's like that material is getting sent to someone else who is 
obviously involved in the project and a lot of times actually, you know, see, sees the project, but they have a really specific directive to market it to, uh, to a certain demographic or represent it in a certain way. And one of the things that we always talk about is like, would it, would it be, would that be a smoother, like, could it be more collaborative, right? Like, could, could you have someone like someone, someone even like on the agency side or studio side, or even, even someone on the copyright side on set even, or involved in, in things from the beginning so that, the movie is crafted to be not only what the creators want it to be, but to also be the most marketable thing that it can be. And I don't know sure. if like, you could argue that that may like take away from like sort of they would lose some of what makes it unique or edgy or, or you know whatever you want to call it. But well, what would suck is if you're on the either end of that and you're if you're trying to sell something that doesn't exist. Or you're trying to, or vice versa, you have right. something and they're trying to, I guess, sell it as something that it isn't, as something that it isn't, right? Which yeah. sucks for just everybody. Yeah, I mean, I think in a perfect world that would be the case, right? But I think from a marketing in a perfect world, in a, yeah, <laughs> in a world where marketers and filmmakers coexist. Um, sorry, <laughs> just, just <laughs> well, to real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get a cut of that later? <laughs> um, you know, I think. From a marketing side, I think they tend to to imagine it like the filmmakers are too close to their movie, right. which is probably true to some you know? extent. I mean, yeah. absolutely true. I mean, I don't know, but I, I've heard stories about filmmakers being involved in the marketing process, and it, it's it, very it, rare. Though. It very rare. It's it tends to be people with a lot of clout who kind of like make it a part of their deal up front. But they're invariably and, producers as well. Like if it's a director, they're also producing the film. Like right. it's somebody with a lot of power. Yeah. And I, I, I I've never been a part of one of those experiences, but I feel like I've heard a lot of stories where it gets, you know, just overly complicated and it's just a lot of butting heads and, you know, you know, battling egos and stuff. And yeah, I don't know. I think because of that, they just like to keep the two worlds mutually exclusive. But yeah, I mean, I remember when I when I found out when I was first getting into this world, hearing about how distinct the two avenues were, it was shocking to me. I just you know assumed it was kind of one and the same. You know, yeah, of the course. production was the marketing. You know, but yeah, I used to get annoyed seeing trailers, and then when I went and saw like, and there'd be like a really cool scene in it or something, and then when I saw the movie moments from the trailer were not in the movie and he used to piss me off so much at the movie yeah, at the movie yeah. right which is not the movie's fault at all no but then i when i got into marketing i i talked to an editor friend of mine and i was like why does this always happen i hate it you guys are tricking people you know what i mean and he's like no you know we he's like we get cuts of the movie and right. it's in there at that time but then at the end of the day the filmmakers cut it out or someone else cuts it out but nobody you know one hand doesn't know what the other's doing so it just kind of turns out it's an innocent mistake you know? it happens a lot more often than you yeah. think too yeah right? oh yeah. yeah do you have any favorite trailers like not not, not that you worked on but just you know, there, is there something that's sort of like exemplary to you of like really f something recent that is really like yeah definitely um yeah. Right. <laughs> what <laughs> other <laughs> what other <laughs> fish stuff have I been on? Watch the um, mining uh, during uh, analytics uh, go up like for a couple weeks <laughs> when the podcast. Is. <laughs> I think one of the best copy lines of all time um, was the Inception one. Your mind is the scene of the crime. I thought it did a great job of kind of packaging what that movie was, generally speaking in a sellable way that that still felt faithful to the movie. Um, and I can imagine, I'd never worked on that movie, 
Um, but I can imagine that was a real challenge, like marketing wise, you know, yeah. which, you know, if you see the yeah, movie, it's pretty esoteric, it's pretty out there. Yeah. I mean, if you watch the movie, it's, you get it. It's easy to understand, but like, okay, on a billboard, how are you going to sell that with one image and a sentence, you know, or in a 30 second TV spot? Like, how can you boil that down in a way that feels, you know, like I said, like fair enough. So yeah, I always kind of appreciated that, uh, your mind's a scene of the crime for kind of bringing that one to the world. That is a that was a fantastic campaign. Yeah, I mean that movie clearly had star power and director power and all right. that, but like it was definitely a hard sell. Like, oh, you want to go see that? Like, just say like you want to go see that movie this this weekend where like the building bends and it's like in somebody's mind. Also, it's an original, which is yeah. like yeah. very yeah. rare coming right. out. It's right. a big now. original. Like, it wasn't a cheap film. Yeah. Had that loud bassy Christopher Nolan. Oh, we just, and we saw <laughs> yeah. that. We heard that for the next five years yeah. after. Yeah, that was that was here to stay after that. But um, and I'm sure, like, do you go? Do you have kind of go tos that like movies that you go to to sort of return to to get inspiration for for things? Um, not necessarily. There's um, but there's like a a website, IMP Awards. Are you guys familiar with that? Yeah, in that movie poster. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, I I check out that database a lot. So if it's you know whatever, an Inception type movie, you know, maybe I'll punch, you know, like a tagline search, you punch like dream or, you know, um, I so you know. steal things. Yeah, totally. Just leave it right <laughs> off. I mean, copywriter, it's in the, it's in the job title. <laughs> I have to copy the writing. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I can imagine it happens a lot though, where you come up with something you love and then you see it. It sucks. You know, it like sucks so bad. Like two degrees oh, yeah. left or right of what you came up with. That's like too close for you to actually it's ever get to use. Totally. Or sometimes you honestly, I mean, it, it it's it's genuine and there's no bad intention, but you write something you think is like awesome and you love it and you know you look at it two days later and you're like, wait a second, that's a line from a movie ten years ago or whatever. Like, no. God damn it. Well, it's yeah. just like a stand-up comic, right? Right. Yeah. Or musicians stealing music. It's half the time they aren't actually doing that. It's just right. Yeah. Or it's like yeah, if it's a buddy cop movie, I mean, there's been a million of them. You know, the, the thinking on how to sell it is gonna inevitably it's like not kind of like similar. an original, right? Yeah, you know, like sure, there's the Inceptions of the world, but then there's most of the other movies that you can categorize, and there's some sort of pre-existing version of it. You know, that it has or hasn't been successful, but there's been marketing for. So yeah, do you think you'll stick with? copywriting i mean do you do you love it is it something does it like scratch the creative itch for you it does it does i mean to me it's like a puzzle you know like when they give me a new project and it's like okay here's whatever show and this is how we want to sell it um it's a lot of the process is a lot of fun for me it's like how many different ways can we skin this cat while again like while it's like fair to the movie while it's you know interesting to the consumer while it's you know understood by a lot of people but also feels kind of clever you know like that challenge is is has never gotten old for me you know um and i do love it but i you know i enjoy writing as well you know i would like to like write at some point i feel like um which i do I, since i'm freelance i don't you know have a normal nine to five schedule and I, I work pretty consistently but you know in between the cracks I, I do other stuff you know i work on my own things but listen if i was if I write copy forever, I'd be pretty happy about it. And that was our interview with Frank Barker. Uh, I think uh, that was a pretty cool interview. We talked about all kinds of weird stuff, and it's just a different perspective than I than I think much of our 
much of our talks have been about. Um, Tyler, you want to tell us about who we're talking to next week? Yeah, so next week we have a friend and collaborator of ours named Andrea Von Forster coming in. She's a music supervisor who has worked on some really wild stuff. Uh, she's worked in TV and in film. She's um, she's worked on, on Scream, the TV series, and is currently on that. She worked on Chronicle, on 500 Days of Summer. She worked with us on Devil's Due and, and also worked with us on Southbound. And... Um, she she has been responsible for really helping us just personally craft the the tone and the feel of our projects, and um, she has a she has some really interesting really interesting perspective on how music becomes a part of a film. Uh, if you want to check out any of our previous podcasts, you can find them uh, on our website at highradiosilence.com or on all of our socials at High Radio Silence, or you can download and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much, guys. Let's see it. With radio silence.